Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, We are in Revelation right now, actually following up some things that we've been looking at for a number of episodes now related to questions that the disciples had asked the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember back Matthew 24 and 25, and they'd ask him, when will these things occur and what will be the sign of your coming again and of the end of the age? The Lord had said some things to them about some stuff, and this is just shortly before he dies. He's given them some insight, some understanding. And so we've been examining that for a number of episodes, so I would encourage you to go back and find the beginning of it and uh, listen to it all the way through if you haven't yet. What we've seen now out of Revelation is that the Lord Jesus himself is opening a scroll, a book that has been sealed with seven seals, and he's been breaking the seals. And he's broke six seals, and we see in Re- saw in Revelation 6 that he broke the six seals, with the breaking of the sixth seal, there were all these cosmic disturbances. All these things happen. The sun, moon, and stars go dark. There's a great earthquake. The people that are left on the earth are literally hiding themselves in mountains and crying out for the mountains and the rocks to fall on them, to hide them from he who sits on the throne and the wrath of the Lamb. But there's still one seal left before the scroll or the book is entirely open. We have a little parenthetical thing that happens between Revelation 6 and Revelation 8. And so I want to go back and and begin at Revelation 7, obviously, at verse 1. We covered part of this last time, but I want to set the context for the balance of the chapter where we can see what happens. If you remember, uh, John says, uh, verse 1, After this I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, so that no wind would blow on the earth, or on the sea, or on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the rising sun, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea. So you notice these angels have been given authority to harm the earth, to harm the sea. Verse 3 says this, Do not harm the earth or sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000, sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. From the tribe of Asher, 12,000. From the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000. From the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. From the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. From the tribe of Levi, 12,000. From the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. From the tribe of Zebulon, 12,000. From the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. From the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. Verse 9 now. After these things, after the sealing, I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. 
And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, <clears throat> blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Can you imagine all that John was seeing right here? He sees this uh, group of people, this multitude in the heavenlies, okay, which uh, were not there before. They weren't there before. As I've mentioned before, and I'll mention several times hereafter, I believe that this is the true church. This is the body of Christ that has been resurrected. The resurrection, the rapture of the body of Christ, took place in the midst of the great tribulation. As a matter of fact, the, the, the rapture is what cuts short the great tribulation for the body of Christ. Now remember this. The great tribulation is Satan pouring forth his wrath upon Israel, upon the Jewish people in Israel, and the church. It's at this point in time with the breaking of the sixth seal when the church is raptured away. The Jewish people are still left behind. They will still undergo uh, an extended time, the balance of the time that Satan's wrath is being poured out. But this is so important because so many within the body of Christ uh, just don't have any clear understanding about this. They believe that the great tribulation is the day of the Lord is God's wrath. And they'll say, oh, well, we've been promised to be spared the wrath of God. Revelation 3.10 says that, and it does say that. But the day of the Lord, the wrath of God poured out upon unbelieving mankind is not the same as the great tribulation, which is the wrath of Satan. And so I believe that these folks right here, the great multitude from every nation and tribe and people and tongue, that they're clothed in white robes, they have palm branches in their hand. They're crying out salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is the raptured church. This is the body of Christ. Verse 13 of Revelation 7, one of the elders answered, spoke to John saying this, those who are clothed in the white robes, who are they? And where have they come from? John didn't know. And, the, and this elder knew that, but John wasn't going to ask. And so verse 14, John says, I said to him, my Lord, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones who came out of the great tribulation, and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Some of them were actually coming through and alive during the great tribulation. Some of them had already died prior to that and were raptured. Verse 17, I mean 15. For this reason, they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no longer, nor thirst anymore, nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Oh, yeah, that wipe every tear from their eyes. You've heard that before associated with the body of Christ. We get to heaven, right? Well, that's absolutely true. What I find really, really interesting right here, which I think is so encouraging for us and so needed for us, is this, that it's at the opening of the sixth seal, 
at the opening of the sixth seal, when the church will be raptured away. Jesus said the same thing over Matthew 24, which we've looked at that passage. And he talks about when you see these things happening within the heavenly realm, these cosmic disturbances. And look, pay attention. Luke 21 says, it's at that point in time when you lift up your head, your redemption is drawing nigh. Now, why is this so important? I think it's so important to where we as the body of Christ will know the truth, that we will be prepared for the days that are yet ahead because they will be intensely evil. There will be horrific things that come against the body. And for the most part, particularly in the Western world, the Western church, the body of Christ is not prepared, if by nothing else, just by knowledge, is not prepared for the days that are yet to come. And many, many will be deceived. They will be deceived because they're not prepared. Make sure that you're not one of those. Again, I'm Dale, and I thank you for being with me. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.